It is a Monday. It is Monday. April the 12th, 2021. Walkway to Fight Club. Third night in a row. The Raw after WrestleMania 37. Nights 1 and 2. <laughs> I am Stephen Mielhausen from the zone. The man to the right. He's pretty mad this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Combat sports journalist Daryl Rivera. You are pretty mad today. Pretty mad today. And before we get even get get into your you're very upset as well as I am. I do want to wish my niece. Abby, a second birthday. Two years old, man. She's a little freaking spitfire, man. Her and my my little guy, two months. My son was born on June 11th. She was born today on April 12th. So just about, pretty much two months apart. And so, yeah, that's a little, the little, the little vixen, as I call her. I mean, she's a great kid. Um, that's awesome. No, I thought she's. She is a freaking hoot, I will say that much. And we want to thank everyone for watching every which way this weekend, guys. It meant a lot, a lot of views, means a lot, a lot of downloads. Thank you guys so much. It's greatly appreciated. If you want to find us on, if you're watching via Facebook, it's simple. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club. That's it's as simple as that right there. Like, follow the page. Also, Watching via YouTube, also simple. Hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, and also give it the old big thumbs up. A lot of subscribers, some good stuff. Tony Khan, I don't know, I felt like putting, the world needed to hear that more than just reading my campy article. So I wanted to make sure the world did get to see that. So that was a good article with Tony. It's doing very well already, which is not a surprise. So... You can find and also available on if you've downloaded the audio. You can find it we're on all your favorite podcasting platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart. Man, we gotta talk about Monday Night Raw. Do we now, have to? I'm too sober for the shit. <laughs> you are very. And I didn't even watch it. I'm just reading the results. You're very upset. I and thank you for already the quick thumbs up. Leave a reaction to the video if you're watching on Facebook Live. You know, we talked about the last two nights about how great, pretty good things were. Yeah, yeah, a couple little hiccups last night. Yeah, on night two. You know, not everything's going to be perfect. I get it. But, man, you're thinking Raw after Mania. I was I was jonesing. Really, 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 really was. I was really excited for this show. Usually when I'm watching Raw, D.Y., I'm up moving around. I'm doing stuff. I'm playing with the kids. Not paying attention too much. I'm Like, I'm paying attention, but I'm not, like, Putting sole focus into watching the entire show. I did tonight, and man, did I feel cheated. 
You know how bad this show was, Daryl. How bad? I, felt, I fell asleep during the main event. Ooh. I wish I was kidding. I wish I can say I wasn't sleeping during that main event. I woke up for the end, and we'll get into the ending in a minute. But what the fuck was going on on this show? There was not a much a happening. We had a couple returns. One surprise. One was uh, I had expected. People we who shined both nights, we didn't see. We saw people eating pins that had no reason eating pins. And then we see at the end of the show a horrible return. That makes zero sense of getting rid of a very strong faction. You replaced two very highly talented people with two highly incompetent people who were a part of a failed faction. Did I get that just about right or no? Uh, I would put Tiamudin and uh, T-Bar and Mason the incompetent. I think they're a product of bad creative. You call that bad creative? I call that... I'm not going to bring up the shit in the bag reference again just because this was more than shit in the bag this was like shit thrown in the fan and then the fan is facing you and all that is just coming at you at full force because the raw after wrestlemania is designed for one thing it's the start of a new season for wrestling right new different returns excitement cool we saw none of that. Viking Raiders are back. That's pretty cool. Charlotte Flair is back. That was expected. Is there anything in tonight's show that made you think, like, wow, this is the Raw after WrestleMania? None. And this is one of those, this is one of those raw, the few Raws of the year that I'm like, hooked that I'm ready I'm gonna watch it regardless I was excited I just got home I was gonna watch it after the podcast just to see what I missed I'm not watching shit unless I can't sleep then I'll watch it and that some bitch will put me to sleep leave questions and comments if you have any I wouldn't be very I do want to say, there were actually, you know what, there was one good thing I thought about Monday Night Raw. It's this right here. Adnan Virk, Richard Deitch of The Athletic announced it today, Wrestling Inc. reported it last week. And Anvirk, formerly of, previously from ESPN, currently with the MLB Network and his own, the new lead lead guy for Raw, 
Tom Phillips going to 205 Live and then doing helping WWE do different projects for Peacock. You know, I didn't know what to expect from Ed Enver because wrestling fan, but he hadn't watched in a while and he had been catching up the last couple months before they brought him in. I there was some. I thought he was good. Was he great? No, I'm not gonna say that. But he showed genuine excitement. He kept resetting. So I know if a new viewer is coming on, I know this is Ed Nanverk along with Corey Graves and Byron Saxon. That's something new. Talk about how hard the holds are in selling the comebacks and like with the new with the new day match. I'm like sold it. It's like, oh what your new day survives. Oh what a comeback. It's like Okay, genuine belief. I feel like bringing in someone, like when they brought in Moro to do SmackDown in NXT, that believability, when you're bringing in guys from from the sports world, I think that's a great thing to do. And I thought that really showed it. I thought Adnan Verk did a, I thought he did a bang job. First time out, Calling a completely different John, completely different sport. Ed Dan Verk was aces in my eyes. Not because he's a friend of mine. Not because he's a colleague at the zone. It's because he just did a good. He was the reason. He was a good part of the reason I was actually into the show. Because I was trying to listen to see his nuances, his cadence. The three of them got better as the show went on. And you can see that. And then, and it's going to take those three times. I actually thought Byron Saxon tonight did not piss me off. I don't remember the last time I did not want to throw Byron Saxon through my window. Or take him to the top of my roof and just throw him off. That's been a minute. I thought Byron did great tonight. I thought Corey Graves did great. They called it like a sport. They told the stories, but they also sold it like a sport. They didn't try to insult us like Michael Cole does. Not like Tom Phillips. They called it like a freaking sport. I thoroughly enjoyed the commentating tonight more than anything. I thought commentating aces. Everything else, beyond the awesome promo by Charlotte Flair, this show was a hot fucking mess. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And I like the fact you can start, you notice the flow in commentary. And this is a show here at the Walkway to Fight Club where we've been ripping commentary for a year now. So the fact that we're saying, hey, commentary, Aces, today, that's a good thing because we've been ripping them a new one. And you know what? The fact that they're start- this was their first night together like official night together, they're only going to get better, or at least I hope so. As long as they give it time, you know, no backstage issues, you know, all that fun stuff. I think this could be a really good commentary team. Corey Graves is great. Ferk is great. Saxton, if he can keep up at least, they can carry him through a halfway decent commentary job. 
I don't mind it. But again, this was a very, and I'm just going to try to be as nice as possible when I say this. This is very underwhelming raw. And if I'm trying to be mean about it, this was just shit. Thrown in a fan. When the commentary team is the best part of the show. That's a bad thing. Not always a good thing, but you know what, though? I thought the, the But the commentary can help. And if it keeps progressing, I think they could be on to something that could make for a better show. But let's – we'll kind of we'll, – we'll, we'll kind of go backwards here. I wanted to start – I just wanted to shout that out really quick because I thought Ann Anverk did – for first time I thought Ann Anverk did a very good job. Steven Mielhausen from the zone, combat sports journalist Daryl Rivera, walkway to Fight Club. A lot of people starting to pop in. It's simple, guys. If you're watching via Facebook – Give a reaction to the video, leave a question and comment, and also like and follow the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. Also, watching via YouTube, hit that thumbs up button and also subscribe to the channel. The biggest thing from the show that kind of really stood out to a lot of people was the ending of the show. Drew McIntyre is the number one contender. He will face... The almighty Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship at, yeah, I'm saying it, WrestleMania Backlash. Coming up on Sunday, May the 16th, a week after Mother's Day. He beat Drew McIntyre, beat Randy Orton and Braun Strowman in a three-way. I fell asleep. Fell asleep, not gonna lie. I don't remember the last time I fell asleep during a wrestling show. Or UFC or boxing. I don't think I really ever have as a journalist. It was probably felt- another Raw. <laughs> the last time. <laughs> it was bad. It was a dumpster fire. I couldn't tell you what happened. I woke up and I saw McIntyre. Orton hit the RKO on Strowman. Referee's about to count. McIntyre hits the Claymore. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre becomes the number one contender. Bobby Lashley's music comes up. MVP comes out. Was it? It's T-Bar and Mace. T-Bar and Mace. T-Bar and Mace come up from behind. Chokes double choke slam. McIntyre. They roll out of the ring. You're teasing whether T-Bar and Mace are with MVP. Insurance hell seems like it. So I can't tell you how the match was. Finish was creative. I, I like the finish. Like the overall, like the, the gist of it. But that's about as much as I liked about it. First thing I probably my head with it is, why is Randy Orton eating a pin? Randy Orton should not be eating a pin. Sorry. Big win last night over The Fiend in one of the marquee matches on the show. Then you have him eat the pin? And this this is the Napoleon complex this company has. They always protect the big guys. Why isn't Strowman eating that pin? If you want Drew to win, I wouldn't have gone that way. I get it. Not a fan of it, but I, I, whatever. Give Drew the, re- I don't even know why Drew's getting a rematch. 
It wasn't like Lashley pinned McIntyre to win the belt to begin with. So yep. why are we even having a rematch? I'm very confused on that one. Oh, because Adam Pearce put him in a number one contender's What? He lost. It should have been Orton and Strowman. If we're thinking logically, and we're thinking like a sport, why is the loser a lose out of the three? The loser is in the match. The loser is the one who wins. Can you explain to me how that made sense? It's WWE booking 101. McIntyre's her guy. And this is not a knock on Drew. Drew has been great. But at the same time, he's getting to the level of overbooked. Like, he's going to win, you know. He's going to win regardless of whether he loses, he deserves it. They don't care. They're going to say, all right, it's going to be Drew versus Bobby. Then they're going to have to build this for the next three weeks. Or even, not even, a little over a month. Which is going to be worse. Because now you have T-Bar and Mace involved, which made no sense whatsoever. Again, a victim, both a victim of bad creative. Because Dijakovic was actually really good in NXT. And now he's subject to being T-Bar and a henchman. Like, it's it's these kinds of stuff that, like, ass-backwards booking. You had the golden ticket with the Hurt Business. It was a great stable. You could have lasted this thing up until SummerSlam. Whatever you can, you could have lasted a little longer, but you broke him up out of an impulse decision by Vince McMahon because it was an impulse decision. Everybody has said it. Everybody backstage pleaded not to break them up. Only one guy wanted to, and that's unfortunately this is the guy that. That's the only opinion that matters. That's the only opinion that matters. As long in the eyes of the old man, as long as it's his opinion. Everybody else doesn't matter. I wonder if he was eating steak when everybody was pleading not to do it. Because, you know, he doesn't have the attention span to deal with that. <laughs> and then you go from breaking up the Hurt Business to adding retribution to it. A angle that failed miserably because of bad creative. They're going to give it another go. Let go. They're going to give it the old college try with an MVP. This doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> That's them saying that MVP is better than a better mouthpiece than Mustafa Ali. They're not wrong there. Right now, I think MVP is a better mouthpiece because he just focuses on that. I see Mustafa Ali as a talent, not a mouthpiece. That's a fair observation. That's a fair observation. You know, I thought about Mace today because Mace is Dio Madden. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I wish they would go just have Mace be like a bad dream. Bring back Dio Madden to have him replace Byron Saxon. Because I was actually a fan of, I thought Dio Madden was really starting to click at the Raw table. I really thought he was. And then WWE did what they did. They called it a day. But um, and then got, he got destroyed by Brock. 
But this is all kinds of bad. You could have just kept the Hurt Business together, and you wouldn't have had to do this convoluted mess. Now you got, you know, Lashley's mad about it. MVP hasn't been happy about it. And then you bring these two guys in? Man, you replace two horses in Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, and you replace them. And I like Dijakovic. I'm not saying I don't. I do. But he's not the right guy for this situation. He's no. really not. And that's not a knock on him. It's not a knock on – I think you just let Dominic Dijakovic be Donovan Dijakovic. Let him be him, and he will be just fine. 100% agree. But you could you could have repackaged both of them. You could have gotten away from this gimmick that didn't work. And, hey, Dominic Dijakovic is debuting on Raw tonight again, and he's going to be going after the U.S. title against Sheamus. That's a pretty good match. It's something we've never seen before. And that's what WWE lacks, originality. They just keep going back to the same shit over and over, regurgitate it, bring it back, and throw it back in your face. That's what they do. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley should have been safer down the road. There's no reason why Drew should should be the – and you have new number one contender, again, the number one contender again. Braun Strowman, we already saw him get his ass kicked by Bobby in a random-ass Raw for no reason. And Randy Orton is the only guy that I don't think has faced him ever, other than when they were in SmackDown. I would have went with Orton. even If, if you're going to have Orton eat a pin, eat it then. Yeah. I would have had no problem with that. Talking about getting old, regurgitating. The show opened with, you know, we sit here. How do you like that transition, by the way? That was a beautiful transition I just made there. Regurgitation. Boom. I I listen. So I'm a bro. That's why I am Stephen Mielhausen from DAZN. Adnan Burke from DAZN. There's a common theme here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm not pumping the train. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is Stephen Mielhausen from DAZN. Combat Sports Journalist, Daryl Rivera. This is the walkway to Fight Club. A lot of people bouncing in here. It means a lot. Greatly appreciated. Recapping the Raw after WrestleMania. If you're watching via Facebook, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video. Any reaction is greatly appreciated. We see some comments starting to roll in here. That means a lot. Greatly appreciated. Like the video and also like give any reaction to the video and also like and follow the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple. Give it the old thumbs up and hit that good old bing subscribe button. Back to regurgitation. Thank you for that thumbs up there. I greatly appreciate that. We do. I got you. Um, by the way, can you pull up a comment on here by Dave Sattler? The last one, the newest one that we just got. Because I think this is hilarious. <laughs> Dave Sadler, my my man Sadler. The World Regurgitation Federation. I <laughs> fucking love it. The juice. I miss you, brother. I miss seeing you at shows, man. I really, really do. I hope all is well with you and the fam, bud. 
Hope all is well. Thank, thank you for commenting. Thank you for watching, my friend. It means a lot. Thank you. Back to let's go. <laughs> I had to I had to put that out, man. Nah, that, I, love I love it. I love the juice always leaves a good when the juice is watching, the juice leaves a solid comment. I love him. <laughs> I I love him. I've always loved him. One of, a good friend that I met just plowing through early early fight club Chicago days, seeing him at seeing him at the local MMA shows and me and him, Ray Flores, another good friend of ours, so definitely good to have the juice watching but the show opened Lashley and MVP are backstage and bam here comes Riddle Lashley beat the tar out of him they have a match go a little over 10 minutes most of this was Lashley just beating his ass that's really all this was this was and it's going on so long and once in a blue moon Riddle would hit a hope spot and you're thinking, you know what, Real? I'm thinking Real's going to win because Lashley's all giggly. He's slapping high fives with MVP. And I'm like, something's going to happen here to where Real's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And maybe they're, I'm thinking for a minute they're going with, I'm thinking for about five minutes they're going with Real. And then Real makes the comeback. Some really good, solid kicks. Goes for the bro, Derek. Misses. I love the, the the finishing sequence as he misses the pole, Derek. Lashley just kind of slid, snatched in the hurt lock, got riddled up. Love that finish. The match, the match was basically a ten minute squash. Yeah. And real got in a couple. Real got in a couple of nice kicks. Got some hard shots in. I love that transition from the miss Bo Derek to the choke to the to the hurt lock. Lashley remained. Not a title match. I, I would have made it a, I would have made it a title match. Why? It's the Raw after Mania. Make it a title match. Why not? But what the hell do we know? Then a horrible, horrible, horrible. You can see how much they've already degraded Rhea Ripley. Kevin Patrick is awful. I'm hmm. sorry. He's terrible. Please offer Renee Paquette like. Just roll up the Brinks truck in front of her house in Las Vegas. And say, how much can we pay you to come back to us and do this? Because Kevin Patrick is awful. I like Charlie Caruso. I was a fan of her. I'm even starting to be tolerable of Kayla Braxton. This Kevin Patrick? Shit. Awful. I don't want Renee anywhere near the WWE product right now. What she's doing outside of it. She's been doing awesome stuff. Like her Oral Sessions podcast. A very, very, very good, good listen for everything. With my, with my buddy Emilio, with Emilio. So definitely catch that. That's a really good podcast. Yeah. Um, Shameless plug here for you guys, huh? If you can <laughs> so, return the favor on your end, that'd be great. Yeah, it would be fantastic. <laughs> Ripley tells Kevin Patrick she's had enough self confidence to challenge Asuka on her first night at Mania. She said her reign was the brutal world order, and she'd be ready tonight for the rematch of Oscar. God, it was bad. You could tell she was reading a script. You could could not. You could tell the words coming out of her mouth is not something she would say. From great non-script of promos on Saturday to the hot mess with Rhea Ripley, got all that hard work Paul Levesque put in, and we get 
We get that bullshit. That's the guy I feel the worst for. Paul Levesque. Because this guy invests his time into creating superstars like Andrade, Shinsuke, Rhea Ripley, all this amazing talent for them to come to to Raw or SmackDown. Because I'm not even calling it a call-up. They go to Raw or SmackDown. It's a call-up. No. All right. Let's say... (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. Okay. I'm I'm just making sure. I'm I'm just making sure. Now... You see all this happening. He takes his time building them up. He actually gets a really good product out of them. Gets them to be like themselves and everything. And then they get to WWE and they're like, hey, we know you've been fighting to get here. But what got you here was you being yourself. But actually, here's a promo. Go read it. Read it and come back to me. And come back to me. So horrible. So you, get no, you get no originality. You're going to do what we tell you. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are in the ring. And when we hear the music of the Viking Raiders, fuck yeah. I was so excited. I love them. War Raiders. Some good new, some new rig, much needed. I much needed team. In the stale Raw tag team division. The stale tag team division overall in WWE. And it was good to see them back. Look, Eric and Ivar look better than ever. I hate saying that, but Eric looked really, 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 really good. Ivar is always a stud. I never have to worry about Ivar. Very solid match. A little back and forth. Like he knew the result. But it was just a good, solid tag team match. Viking Raiders get the win. I was legit excited. And I texted you. They won with the Viking experience. I should I should have said that, and I do apologize. But that was great. It was good to see him back. The match was solid for what it was. A new te- the first return of the evening. A good choice to have return. Didn't even know they were I didn't even know Eric had been cleared. Nice to see. Good match. Just feel bad for Cedric and Shelton. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they should have been the ones that got their asses kicked like like that. I would have put that spot on Riker and Elias. They come out, they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna make a song, Viking Raiders, fuck yeah, beat their ass, <laughs> woo!" And then I would save Cedric and Shelton for. Kofi and Xavier make it a number one contenders match. Why not? You already did it with Drew. Might as well do it with the tag team division too. <laughs> and then the best part of the show. Go to a commercial. And who comes out? The 13-time women's champion, Charlotte Flair. And I know I've rag-bagged on Charlotte. Rightfully so. But holy shit, she cut the promo of her fucking life. Oh, she looked she look great. Edna and Virk was already fawning over. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I gotta give him a hard time about that. She got on the apron, waited for someone to open the ropes forward to enter. Told the camera guy, get your happy ass over here. 
So just at a promo, Charlotte says she wasn't welcome at WrestleMania. People told her it's not a big deal to miss one because she's been on five already. She said it was unacceptable that she wasn't included. It wasn't her fault that Asuka, it wasn't her fault Asuka needed a new tag team partner, that Ric Flair made an ass of himself on Legends Night, or that Lacey Edwins got pregnant, meaning she couldn't kick her ass at Mania. She challenged Asuka on Raw, but she didn't even respond. Rhea Ripley took advantage and beat Asuka. Called Ripley a snake. She claims that everyone in the women's division was jumping for joy. And she wasn't on WrestleMania. But she's like, you know what? Karma was a bitch. And she was that. And I am that bitch. Bitch did not get bleeped out. What a shock. Charlotte named everyone. Then she goes on to name every woman that was on WrestleMania. And none of them compared to the queen. And here was the my favorite lines. I wrote this down. She goes, I, I don't steal opportunities. I am the opportunity. Ching, ching, motherfucking ching. That's a fucking That shoot. was the money quote right there. She wasn't going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize for being that damn good. And we should all be bowing down to the 13-time women's champion. She was like, I demand respect. And told, gave a message to Ripley and Asuka that she'll be watching the match. Drop the mic. Charlotte Flair showed the fuck out tonight. You could feel the... After a shitbag promo from Rhea Ripley. We got dynamite. Literally, with Charlotte Flair, you could tell she felt it. She felt you could feel that she was legitimately pissed being off this show. Good, bad, or indifferent, and everyone you could everyone can have their opinions of Charlotte Flair, and some of them aren't wrong. But she owned that microphone. She took control. She made sure. You were paying attention, and that's what a money promo is. When you're cutting that type of promo, you command that respect. She went in there and owned that shit. And called I am the opportunity. Not Rhea Ripley. Not Asuka. Not Sasha Banks. Not Bianca Belair. Not Bailey. She said, me, I am the opportunity. That was some good shit. If she, she should, she's good at promos. I mean, she's good. But you can tell, you can tell a lot of the shit's coming from a script. This one, that was a money promo, ladies and gentlemen. Money, Money moves, baby. Money moves. Because now you care. Promos are... We went, me, me and you keep talking about this. It, give the, this talent bullet points and let them roll. Let them roll. Because you get promos like that. Yep. A fan... Fantastic promo by Charlotte Flair. The best promo 
she is absolutely ever cut. Plain and simple. So, Charlotte Flair is letting the world know, I am here, the bitch is back, the swagger is back, I'm here to wreck some shop. And it didn't take long for Charlotte Flair to invoke her to invoke the violence. We had Rhea Ripley and Asuka meeting in the rematch for the Raw Women's title. I thought a better match than what we saw yesterday. Good back and forth action. And then you had Asuka do the DDT onto the apron, both on the outside. Charlotte came on and nowhere knocks the bejesus with the big boot to Asuka, the big boot to Rhea Ripley. Beat the shit out of the both of them. Charlotte stands tall. I love the beatdown. But here's where I have her, and I said this on Twitter. At S. Milhausen JR, by the way. Give it a follow. Fucking right. Getting a lot of follows lately, which I, I'm never going to complain about. But the problem I had was you had her beat down Ripley. Asuka, okay, go beat down. That's the one you should be pissed at. Why are you, why is the champion, after winning the title 24 hours ago, why does the champion have to suffer a beatdown? She had a nice run. <laughs> this is where, this is where it goes. Nah. So fucking stupid. <laughs> we all know where this is going. <laughs> so, fuck, and this is, we talked about it earlier with Orton. We talk about it here. That beat down, beat down Asuka. Beat down Mandy. Beat down Dana. Ah, okay. Naya, Shayna, don't beat down the Raw Women's Champion who just won the belt last night for the first time. What the fuck was I watching? That's I, what I mean, stupid booking. You just, you killed the momentum. Of your world women's champion. Uh, all I'm all I'm gonna say is I hope that they do something different in SmackDown. This is why Raw has quickly become the worst show in weekly TV for wrestling. It has become the worst one because they don't. I don't understand what creative, what goes through their heads. What goes on in Gorilla? I don't understand what the hell is going on. But how do you look at the situation from last night? Rhea Ripley had all the momentum in the world. What do you do? You feed her to Charlotte Flair. Because that's what this is called. Charlotte Flair cut a hell of a promo. Great. Have her beat the fuck out of Asuka if you really want to. But you have to protect your champion. If you do the same for the men's side, the men's champion and everything like that, you protect them. You got to do the same for the women as well. You can't just, and I'm not saying it's a gender thing by any means of the word. I'm saying you look at Lashley doesn't get beat down, right? You don't see Roman Reigns getting beat down. You don't see the major champs don't get the beat downs. Why the hell is Rhea Ripley getting beaten down? It doesn't make any sense. None at all. Made Rhea Ripley look very, 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 very bad. 
It's giving me vibes for WrestleMania of last year all over again. Is it Morrison make their way into the arena? Miz is greeted by his wife, Maurice. Miz and Mrs. was airing after Russell. Miz, Maurice was going to be on Miz TV. Morrison seemed surprised Miz, Maurice was going to be there. And I, Morrison, I love that goofy character Morrison plays. Backstage segment with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the women, women tag team champions, watching a replay of Mandy Rose slipping and falling during her entrance at Mania. They were laughing away. Rose jumped in and told Jax, and Jax told Baszler she could handle this alone. Baszler walks away. Rose admits it was embarrassing, but also funny because she has a sense of humor about herself. Thought it was funny when things happen when you least expect it. And then Mandy Rose and Dana broke, put a little mini beat down. Nia Jax knocked her butt, knocked her to the floor. Nia looked pretty pissed. Then Nia, they cut back to Nia, and she's like, why are you showing that for we were getting a match a little later on in the show with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax against Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Three out of those four things suck. Mandy Rose is absolutely beautiful. Yes, I said it, ladies and gentlemen. No, no disagreements here. Alexis Playground. This was great. This was great. Alexa Bliss said she... Came, she learned everything she learned from the fiend, and then he got set on fire. Then she became powerful enough on her own that she didn't need the darkness anymore. She also has a new friend named Lily, a puppet with pigtails, ladies and gentlemen. The segment ends with the CGI version of the puppet, and it snarled at us. I'm sorry, this was fucking great. After this, the show was a pure dumpster fire. That that, oh, that god damn this was great. That, I loved it. That doll was literally all of us that were watching Raw at the time. And I wasn't watching it, so I wasn't one of them. It but every it person Yeah. I mean, Alexa Bliss's character has been great. She's killing it, knocking out of the ball. It really is. Is Alexa in your house? Oh yeah, I forgot I have one right here. I'm like Alexa Bliss, how are you, darling? Welcome I totally to forgot the, that welcome, that was there. Hey, Johnny, you're go. Welcome back to the podcast. Right? <laughs> she went quiet again. Lily must take it. Oh, come on, Alex. Um, but yeah, her character development, like, the, you could tell she's enjoying the hell out of it. And this is what, like, if you give a wrestler something that they're enjoying, they're going to knock it out of the park. And I think Alex, because she, it's been, it's very notable that she's a big fan of, like, horror movies and everything like that. Yeah. This is right up her alley. Yeah, she was. When I interviewed her last year, and that podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is in the archives. Just for everyone out there. Uh, if you want to listen to audio, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. or And it's also on the YouTube channel. Are we back on Stitcher? Or what? No. What's? I'm banning Stitcher. No, 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 no. There's certain things in life that I love all podcasts. I love all the platforms except that one. Stitcher. They are banned. Banned. All in caps. You're getting me mad, DUI. I'm getting you mad? Yeah. Why am I getting you mad? Because you brought up Stitcher. There's things you just don't bring up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but. By the way, congratulations to our Chicago White Sox. Big win over the Indians. I don't. I don't want to talk about baseball. 
Look at that right there behind you, too. White Sox, baby. Scooty woo! I got no sports on my end, but. Oh, dude, I got White Sox. Shit, all the White Sox, Blackhawks, everywhere in between. But let's get back to Raw. Miz TV. Maurice is the guest. They're plugging Miz and Mrs. Morrison. What God, Morrison here is great. He goes, well, maybe we should have a spinoff with me involved with you guys. And Miz is like, not a chance. <laughs> I think Morrison would be great, but that's just mean. Miz said he made Bad Bunny into a big star. Showed pictures of Bad Bunny giving Morrison a falcon arrow and wiping them out with a dive. Miz said Bad Bunny would have been a flop without him. Here came Bad Bunny's partner at WrestleMania, Damian Priest. Says he's not taking credit for Bad Bunny's performance. He says Miz was just trying to save face, but reminded him that Bad Bunny is the one that pinned him at WrestleMania. Miz reminds Priest of all his successes at WrestleMania, including pinning John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania 27. What the Miz doesn't bring up was because that was uh, because of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I remember that mania that he was the third most important person in his singles match. Loved he was it. more important than The Rock? I'm I going, mean... I'm going fourth. I'm going to go third. I'll give him credit over The Rock. All right. Miz challenged Priest to a match. Morrison's like, I want to challenge him to a match. So they're going back and forth. And Mar Maurice is like, guys, there's two of you. Let's have a handicap match. So we had, after the break, a handicap match. Morrison and the Miz. A little over five and a half minutes. I like the fact they were wearing their normal clothes, Miz and Morrison. I thought that was pretty funny. Priest gave Morrison his finisher. Miz tagged himself in. Miz hits, tries for the skull-crushing finale. Priest blocks it, went for hit the lights, but Maurice grabs his foot. Priest ripped the Miz's pants, so we could see the Miz in his skitties. Maurice gets on the apron, tries to distract Priest. Priest is being nice. Hey, I don't want to do nothing to you. Miz rolls up Damian Priest. Feet on the roast. Maurice is holding the end of his pants legs for the one, two, three. I give it up. I'm going to say this. The Miz in his undies. And John Morrison. Beat Damian Priest, who was a part of quite arguably the second biggest match on, on either night of WrestleMania. Pin Damian Priest. Good fucking Lord. What was that? I laughed because he wanted the wrestler match in his underwear. Then Maurice is trying to cover him up. I got a bit, I, I got a little humor out of that. But then I quickly, they went to commercial and I'm like, what the fuck did I just see? Hmm. Another thing on this show, a chance to continue the push of Damian Priest. And we got this. Why? I, 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 like it just. I'm, I'm lost for words. I got another guy. You're yeah. building a guy that has momentum. Who's over? Great reaction at Mania. Look good at Mania. And you kill his ass. 
I lost to a guy in his underwear. As funny as it was. Well, fuck, that was terrible. Yep. It's... What? It's all gone. I'm done. Um, it, it seems to be a trend in this this year's like Raw after Mania. Where anybody that had any little momentum last night came in today and got absolutely stopped. Literally stopped. And here's the, here's the thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, everybody that lost a Mania was at Raw tonight. And then you see people that won at Mania that should have been celebrated were nowhere to be seen. No Sheamus. No AJ. No AJ and Omos. We did see the almighty WWE champion. At least we saw that. If you can, if you could, if they brought out a Raw without the WWE champion, and his name is not Brock Lesnar, that it, you, you got all sorts of problems. You're not wrong. The dumbassness continues. Shayna and Nia against Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Oh, God. You know, you know those it, moments in class where, like, the teacher would be writing on the whiteboard or on the chalkboard, and she just screeches? Yep. This is what I thought of when I was reading this. The theme of the match was Nia Jack's tripping. She tripped over the rope as she was entering the ring. Mandy and Dana laughed at her. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I can't I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm like, what the fuck am I? What did I type out here? <laughs> Jack's through Rose through the ropes. And she's like, yeah, I'm, like threatening to beat her up. She throws Mandy back in the ring. She tries to get in the ring. She slips and falls onto the floor. Mandy's laughing at her. Her and Dana roll out. Deciding they don't want a beatdown, they walk out of the ring. Yes, I said that. And that was the match, ladies and gentlemen. That... Whatever drugs they're doing backstage nowadays for creative, I want some. Because, fuck, if you, if you looked at this and thought, hey, it's going to be a good idea. It's going gonna, it's gonna to draw some viewers here at Raw. I want I want what you're smoking. I want to try that. Because man, to think that that was a there's anybody in the company that thought that the, that was a good idea. I think we lost Steve here. That is just bad booking left and right. My God, you see the you see the booking in this entire thing. You go first of all, starting with Nia Jax. You go from the whole, the whole thing with her hole falling through the ring apron, and now it's that fact that she keeps slipping and falling after Mandy Rose slips and falls. Whatever the case is, when you have a match with the tag champs, and your challengers just decide to up and run away during the match because somebody got mad at her during a wrestling match that they're fighting each other. It's made no sense whatsoever. And it's a tale of, of this Raw in general. None of this made sense. 
none of the show made sense because it's it's mainly a bunch of cl- like a clusterfuck thrown together at the last minute. And we're gonna we're gonna get to the main event in a second here once Steve comes back. But you look at Shayna and you look at Nia, and you add Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, who they have no no momentum going for them at all. And you have this match, and the main thing on it is Nia Jax wants to beat you up, so you run away. That's it. Just doesn't make sense. No, not at all. No sense at all. No. Sorry about that. I forgot my charger. No worries. My computer was about to die. Women's tag division is awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Let's get to the top of the third hour. MVP's in the ring cutting a promo for Bobby Lashley's almighty address. Saying Lashley wasn't there. Lashley felt disrespected and didn't want to experience any more foolishness. Put over Drew Huge here. And I, I thought a very good promo by MVP, except for the fact that horrible hyped-in crowd booze. It's not the man caught a promo. Drew came out saying, okay, I got caught. I admit it. Lashley said he wants Lashley to get a big ego so he can squash it like a bug and knock him off his pedestal and become the w- regain the WWE Championship. Here came Braun Strowman, said McIntyre needs to get to the back of the line. He won at WrestleMania. He lost. Here came Randy Orton, said he, him and, said the Fiend and Alexa Bliss were finished, even though we just saw Alexa Bliss, and said the goal was once again to become the WWE Champion. Adam Pearce comes out, said they all made great points, said then he made a triple threat match, and the winner would face Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash. Decent segment. It wasn't bad. Elias and Jackson Riker are in the ring. Elias dedicates a song to his hero, Shane McMahon. Every time Elias started playing the guitar, you could hear the trombone of Xavier Woods. New Day comes out, and we get a tag match between the New Day Jackson against Jackson Riker and Elias. And this actually was okay. It wasn't great. It was there. It was fine. You know, they. I was impressed with Jackson Riker. I thought he looked pretty good. New Day does get the window. Good bounce back win if we're losing the tag titles last night. Let's see. Firefly Funhouse. This was actually fun with Bray Wyatt in the sweater. Welcome back to the Funhouse. He said, the rabbit said it would be lonely without her. Referring to Alexa Bliss. Wyatt said they'd always have each other. Wyatt felt reborn and everything will be fine because he... He will return. He smiled and waved. We talked about their triple threat match already. And that was Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. Man. That has to be the worst Raw after WrestleMania. I don't even know. I don't even count last year's. That extremely different circumstances one year later. This was pure. The first hour... Okay, first hour was solid. You're thinking you're going to get a good show, and then we got what we got, and we got a total shit show. Raw, in my mind, gets a D minus. You're being generous with that. I give it an F. I give it an F. You had, other than Charlotte, Charlotte's promo, you had no 
new angles to build on. None. Everything was the same. Like like WrestleMania is supposed to be the the main blow off show for WWE in general. And you have nothing different. You went back to Bobby and Riddle. You went back to Bobby and Drew. You developed a little bit more on the Alexa Bliss Bray Wyatt angle, which was already a thing. Yeah. There, the new angle is that Nia Jax falls out of the ring and people laugh at her. Is that the new angle? Because that sucks. Well, goddamn, pal. Gotta entertain. That's good shit. Good shit. Ha, 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 we get Bruce. Na- Look, it wasn't that funny shit. Ha, ha, Bruce. Nia Jax in the span of one year has gone from the whole my whole thing to now falling off the ring. It's not that funny. Nope. It's really not. Let's get to some good news. Some fun news. This happened during Raw. I received a DM about this, and I thought this was awesome. Starting on April 4th, I'm not April 4th, starting on May 4th, My World with Jeff Jarrett, featuring Jeff Jarrett and the great Conrad Thompson, debuts May 4th at freeshows.com and Westwood One. This was awesome. Very, very good news. I talked to Conrad... This is about a year. This was maybe two years ago. And he had told me his, he had two, and he's stated this more than once, the other, like on Twitter and stuff like that. But remember me and him were talking, I'm like, dream podcast. Tune in, and one of the things he did bring up was Jeff Jarrett. And I asked him why, because that was a name I really, I wasn't thinking. As much as Jeff has done in business, and I've talked to Jeff, Jeff's a great guy, I actually texted Jeff to wish him congratulations because I thought that was just really cool that he's doing this. And and then Conrad just like was telling like just promote her son, blah, 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 you know, came up through the Memphis, the the Tennessee territories, got into WWE, went to WCW in 96, you know, walked out on WWE, went to WCW, Left there, returned, cut a scathing promo on the biggest star in the business and Steve Austin. Left, the, the held up WWE for a half million dollars. Went to WCW, became the world champion. Got fired on national television when the Raw Nitro simulcast. Started his own company. Almost went out of the water twice. Got saved by Dixie Carter. Broke up a marriage. Then uh, everything that happened with him and Impact and then Global Force Wrestling and was in New Japan and somehow made it back to WWE and got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'm trying to find out, because he was one of the producer higher-ups in WWE. I'm trying to find out what is up with him in WWE. I was checking his Twitter. And he was retweeting some WWE stuff. So I really don't know right at this stage of the game what his situation is with them. Because I have reached out for an interview. I'm awaiting a response. 
I was told I would be hearing something this week. So hopefully that I can that can happen. Yeah. But I don't know his status with WWE at this point. I'm trying to I've sent him a text as well and I'm waiting to hear back from Jeff, but I thought it's cool. I think this is one where Jeff said he's not in the video that Conrad released on Twitter at hey 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 it's Conrad. Very good video. Jeff said he's not gonna hold anything back. I don't know how Conrad Thompson's gonna do another podcast. <laughs> Shit, he's got JR, Bruce, Shivani, Kurt hey. Angle. Who else? Bischoff. Bischoff. He's got one with Chris Hero. And now Jeff Jarrett. What the fuck? Busiest man in wrestling. And he owns a mortgage company. <laughs> what the? I don't know how he does it. I really don't. The one time I asked him and he goes, you know, Steve, he's like, I just, I, I'm very meticulous. I map out my week. He's like, I got this routine and I got it down to a science. I record everything in a couple days and then he still has time for the business, still has time for his wife, still has time for his his daughter. I know I couldn't do that. I really couldn't. I got to give him credit for it. And Conrad's a good friend and always, always very generous with his time. And I just couldn't do that. Be that meticulous like that because something in life happens life veers off course but he's a very meticulous guy and he is the pod father he's got a great business yeah he's got a great business i'm looking forward to that debuting may 4th yes and what and we'll end with this you alerted me to this this morning conor mcgregor dustin poirier things hit were all rainbows, sunshine, and butterflies in the build-up to UFC 257. Even in the aftermath, Connor said he was going to donate to Dustin's charity, the Good Fight Foundation, a fantastic charity, by the way. So make sure you guys do donate. Check Dustin Poirier's page at Dustin Poirier on Twitter, and it'll take it right to the link to his website. Connor said he's going to donate up to a half million dollars. He was going to donate a half million dollars. Poirier was going to use it to help build a gym and some other things involved with having to build a gym. And and when it seemed like the money, they were just awaiting the money. Everything was, they were waiting like the wire, the transfer info and all that stuff. And it hasn't been sent. Poirier called him out on it. And they were having a brouhaha back and forth. And you got Connor calling him, capping off calling him an inbred hillbilly. I'm pulling out of the fight. I have a tweet here if you want me to read it. Go ahead. Sure. Pull it up. So Conor McGregor tweeted this morning at 10.03. You're ripped, you inbred hillbilly. Why why do you wink with your ears? You you fucking brain-dead hillbilly. 500K with no plan in place. Ye hang tight, fool. You must be new to money. The fight is off, by the way. I'm going to fight someone else in the tent. Good luck on your old contract, kid. Which Poirier responds with just saying, okay. And this gif of him just beating the shit out of Conor McGregor. 
What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think that this fight is going to be off. I think McGurr is just blowing smoke up people's asses. But it's stuff like this that makes the fight legit. Like, it makes you tune into stuff like this. And honestly, you see the drama outside of it. I don't know whether it's legit or not. I don't know what the deal is with the donation that was said that was going to be done, you know, set in place and everything like that. I mean, if I had a, if I didn't have another reason to watch this fight, just mainly because I, it's Conor McGregor, now I have another one because they actually have beef. They have the beef. Dun, dun, dun. I hate when – and good sportsmanship is always a good thing. But when you see a fighter pretty much like they don't have any beef towards each other, they have respect and everything, that's good. But when it's like overly friendly, why do I want to see this? Like just don't be nice. Just kick somebody's ass. That's it. We all want to see the ass whooping. Yeah. We want to see a personal match here. Khabib versus McGregor. There's a reason why it's the most bought UFC pay-per-view event ever. They had beef. People like beef. Emotion sells. Even, you know, people kept saying, oh, Connor was too nice in the build-up to UFC 257. You know, it's took Poirier lightly. That's why he lost. I don't know if that's – it wasn't nicer, calmer, Connor McGregor. And now it seems like Connor needed something to reinvigorate him. He needed something. He, fight, he fights better pissed off, I feel like, and – I don't know what the truth is here. I think there's semblance of truth on both sides. McGregor's like, you know, I like to do my, we would like to do our due diligence before we just hand out money, which I get. It makes sense. This guy's worth like $400 million. I can totally, guy's almost worth a half million dollars. I can, I can understand where he's coming from here. I can't understand, but I can get, I get the point. I get the gist. Yeah. And Poirier is one of the best guys in the sport. I don't think Poirier's bullshitting whatsoever. I could see both sides of the fence here. Calling him an inbred hillbilly. Just because he's from Louisiana. Come on. There's no inbred hillbillies in. Unless you're in Arkansas. <laughs> yes, I said it. I probably shouldn't have. But unless you live in Arkansas, that's a completely different story. But I think I, no one's pulling out. It's the last, from what the, an announcement is forthcoming on this fight happening July 10th. UFC 264 out in Las Vegas. The fight will happen. The fight is going to be on. Everyone needs to relax. No one's pulling out. No one's looking for a new opponent. The fight is going to happen. Let's get a couple. We got just a few questions. Nothing much today. We read one already from Dave Sadler. Here's another one. What are my thoughts on Raw and Mania Night 2? Well, MLW is on Wednesday night, and so is AEW. I don't understand how WWE can miss on parts of Wrestle Freaking Mania. MLW is on Wednesday nights. You can find MLW every Wednesday night, 7 Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the zone. <laughs> live on the zone. The zone. Love it. 
checks in the mail, Court Power. Thank you so much. But, um, I love what they're doing at MLW, though. No. I, when I did an interview with, oh, my God, who was it with? Hammerstone? No. Oh, my God. Who, Sean Devari. And the one thing we were talking about was, and I felt this, and he said it, the consistency of MLW storylines. That's the one thing I feel like that puts MLW above a lot of people right now, just because week after week, they're pumping out consistent storylines. They're making the storylines make sense. They don't veer off the track. Yeah, of course, if something happens, yeah, they have to rewrite it because shit does happen. People get hurt. You know, with COVID, especially with COVID going on, you know, people could test positive or they could um, been in contact with someone. So they want to, they got a quarantine, but they've been very consistent in their storylines and it shows week after week. And it's the one thing I've, I feel like that puts them right at the top of the heap right now in the pro wrestling landscape here in the United States. They, they got a big, another big deal coming. We're the big streaming service they got, but. It seems like they're going to have another TV deal. I don't know where it's going to be. I've heard some places, but MLW, no one from MLW is talking, and no one from the places I think they might be going aren't talking either. So I think sooner rather than later, we will see something and find out where MLW will become popping up on non, non-internet-related services. And one more. Said Gilmer. Said. Thank you for leaving a comment, my friend. Should, someone's on your train, T.Y. We should have gotten the fatal far way for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, my God. What a dumpster fire question. That was terrible. The Terrible comment said. The Disappointed con- said. The consistent, the consistent fatal four way after WrestleMania. I call it the we don't know who to pick. Between these guys that won at Mania, so we're just going to throw them all together and hope for the best. You know what I was thinking when Adam Pierce made the match? I'm like, oh my God, Daryl's right. We're going to get a damn four-way. I wanted to cry. I was so close. I was so close. Thankfully, we did not get that. We, As of right now, we're getting a one-on-one match at WrestleMania Backlash, brother. God, I hate that name. The almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley will be facing former WWE, two-time WWE champion Drew McIntyre. If we would have saw a four-way, I'd have been pissed. But you know, there is hope. Maybe you will get your wish on SmackDown. I don't want that. Maybe we'll get Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Cesaro. Why not add Seth into that as well? Seth, Seth, Seth lost that mania. Five pack challenge. Not a five pack challenge. Let's do the championship scramble. Let's do. Let's bring back the championship scramble because that wasn't a big enough shit show back in the day. You're fucking terrible. I should fire you. You can't fire me. I'm under contract. (laughs) I can. I'm the boss, man. I am. I am the CEO. The walkway fight. Seth's got one more here. Do you guys, do you guys think WWE should get rid of the D, the women's tag division? No, no, definitely not. It's a, it's a, 
it's a good question just mainly because we've been bashing it but at the same time you look you look at the fact on how they're doing it the main thing that the divas tag division is it's just an enhancement for the raw and smackdown women's title like that rivalry they did it with sasha and belair they did it with Rhea and oscar they're not using it as its own entity and that's why it's the way that it is if you book it in a way like hey these this is a tag division for the women that's it they're gonna have these contenders and you have enough tag teams you had a freaking tag team turmoil at wrestlemania where everybody got like two three minutes to shine you give them a consistent like booking and everything like that where you invest time in the talent and guess what you might get something out of it the riot squad when they first came out they weren't the the greatest thing in the world look at Liv morgan's progress you've given her time and she's actually gotten better i think that could be a good run We've already seen it, but at the same time, invest a little more, a bit more on it. That's the problem with, and this is not just Divas Tag Team Division, and it's Women's Tag Team Division, actually. That's the problem with it. They don't invest in the storylines, and it's any tag division. It's the same thing for the men's tag division. They don't have a storyline consistently for it. After the, I don't think after the, when's the last time that you, after Usos and New Day, after that, have you had a consistent like rivalry for the tag titles? No. no. Vince has never he's just like lost interest in tag team wrestling for one reason or another. And they've had some, they've had a lot of great tag teams. No. Is it something he's never he's never fully got behind? And that's the one thing I really like about AEW is the fact that they're invested in their tag division. And I think that is a good thing. And I know that doesn't answer the question here. And I'll answer the question. I agree with you. I don't, I'm, I, they shouldn't. Because it's giving more talent opportunities. And like you said, more giving, giving more women the opportunity to shine. And I have absolutely no problem with that. Whether it was men, um, female or men. Talent is getting more opportunities. I'm always going to be down for that. And no, not at all. I think absolutely not. If they got rid of it, I would be quite disappointed. And hopefully they don't ever do that. I'm really hoping for that one. But that will be it for today. Now I remember why we don't do a Monday Night Raw podcast. Oh my God, that show was a fucking dumpster fire. Holy shit. That was... A good, you're, you're expecting a big audience tonight, and you come out with that. Hour one, good, pretty good. Good, re, you know, we had some good returns. Got to see the world champion. One of your biggest stars returned. A top tag team returned. And after that, it was all downhill from there. Daryl, how can the fans find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at DYWOLIGO21. And then on Instagram at Daryl17Rivera. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram right there at the bottom, SMuleHousenJR. Find the Walkway to Fight Club. Find it on Facebook. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club. And if you're watching via Facebook right now, it's simple, guys. And even if you watch this later on, 
like and follow the channel and also i mean the page and also leave a reaction to this video also on twitter at walkway fight and on instagram walkway to fight club on lowercase letters watching via youtube we have a youtube page as well subscribe and give a thumbs up to everything up right now we got stuff up with tony khan the ceo and founder of aew the former two-time wwe champion and the new number one contender for the wwe championship drew mcintyre and a man who was in the triple threat match later at the end of the show the one and only braun Strowman. also we're available on every podcasting platform in all the land we're on google play spotify itunes iheart you name it we're there except for stitcher a busy rate review and subscribe i don't care what the review is give us five stars leave a comment it helps the podcast move up in the rankings so that is always greatly appreciated i was gonna bust out that raquel gonzalez interview for you guys today i'm gonna do it tomorrow I got my vaccine, my first dose of the vaccine today, so it turned into, like, I interviewed Raquel Gonzalez, finished writing up this McGregor-Poirier stuff, and I had to go do that. I was gone for a while, so I will have that up tomorrow for you guys. That will be up on the YouTube page. Then I will have an article from that interview with Raquel Gonzalez. That will be up on thezone.com. That will be up some, t- that'll probably be up early, like, early to mid-afternoon tomorrow. That will be up. Very good chat. We talked about, is it a new wave of women's wrestling now that her Io Shirai, not Io Shirai, her uh, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley are the new queens of the of WWE's women's wrestling. Talk about that. Her unfortunate like of the Houston Texans over my Dallas Cowboys. That was a little bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And how much Dakota Kai has meant to her career and a whole lot more. Pretty good chat. With the new NXT Women's Champion, the one and only Raquel Gonzalez. Tony Harrison, former unified 154-pound champion. We'll have an interview up with him. I'm talking to Tony tomorrow. That interview will be up later on in the week. Me and Daryl will be back at the end of the week. We'll preview the biggest fight of the year so far in boxing. be taking place on Saturday night. From the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Then sensational. The undefeated in two fights, two knockouts. You seem so upset. I'm saying this. <laughs> one and only Jake Paul taking on the former Bellator and one championship welterweight champion. Who has never boxed before in his life. Ben Askren. You know what's sad? That's probably going to sell about a half million pay-per-view buys. Oh, easily. We'll talk about that more later on. In the week. I'm not going to be one of them. I will say that right now. You're going to be busy. You're a busy man this week. Maybe. Are you popping the question? No. I'm going to say it on air now. Not this week. Get it soon, man. Soon. That's a, She's a good week. girl, man. She's, too, she's out of your league, man. My wife's definitely out of my league. I will I'm agree a, with that. I tell her that every day, and she's like, I knew. <laughs> so, but no, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Working on a couple different things in the pipeline. So, a lot of good stuff coming up, guys. Make sure a lot of good stuff right now with Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Tony Khan. Tomorrow will be Raquel Gonzalez. Later on in the week will be Tony Harrison. 
and a whole lot more. For D.Y. Daryl Rivera, I am Steven Mielhausen. Talk to you guys next time. Peace.